This podcast is rated M for Mature by the Outer National Council of Fellows. Babies, consider yourselves advised. Also, this podcast discusses game characters, plot lines, and design owned by their respective developers and publishers. Please support their games. I'm Jacob Nickel, one of the hosts of Game Stories Reloaded, and I wanted to welcome you to the first episode recorded. Um, a lot of things are very iffy. I apologize for any lack of audio quality. <laughs> things are already starting to get better. Um, I hope you enjoy the episode. We kind of meander a little bit for the first part, but we have a fun little uh, game show type thing, quiz show, um, that's a lot of fun. If you want to skip straight to some of these games that we briefly recap the first couple hours of, um, each one of us covering something separate, I will put the time that you would need to skip to in the notes for the podcast, so go ahead and jump there if you're not interested in us. Um, going over interesting trivia. Thanks. Bye. Um, all right. So, um, welcome everybody to our uh, first ever podcast episode. Currently, we have no name, but we're working on that. And our podcast is a video game recap podcast. The concept is that. Every week, we're going to spend some time playing a video game with a story um, that we find interesting or worthwhile. We're going to try our very best to be covering relevant games to recent events, so maybe something that's in line with a sequel that's coming out, or um, a predecessor in some way, or we'll be picking games that we find interesting story-wise. This type of podcast is something that'll be hopefully interesting for people who enjoy stories and the larger scope of things, um, but also people who enjoy video games and might want to catch up on the stories of some video games without playing through the whole thing again. And this is our attempt to wrap the entire narrative of a video game all in one place instead of uh, just having a bunch of cutscenes mashed together. Um, yeah, this is our first episode and our first time doing a podcast, so it's going to be rocky. And I might replace this intro entirely <laughs> with a pre-recorded intro um, at a later date. But uh, also, um, this first episode, we are going to be actually picking the name of our podcast via a little activity, so you will get to listen closely to that. My name is Jacob Nickel, and um, I'm an Ohio native. Well, I was born in Florida, but um, not there anymore. A uh, little, little known fact about me, born in uh, Pensacola, 
in Florida. Almost, uh, almost got switched at birth with somebody else's baby. Who knows if my parents are my real parents. Not any of us. We haven't done a DNA test. Um, and I like video games and stories. I'm an English major at OSU, but enough about me. I'm Chris Koss. I'm from the mountains of Colorado. I play a lot of video games. It's basically my childhood. I'm pretty boring. I don't have much interesting facts like being switched at birth or almost switched at birth. So wow. that's about it for me. Okay. All right. That leaves me. I'm Pat. I'm David Escobar. I'm a, a weirdo up in California, you know, right uh, outside of Los Angeles. Nice to meet you all. It's nice and hot outside, but you know, it's all good. I don't have, I don't got any interesting facts either, but I'm very excited for what's going to happen today. Very excited. So, let's get started, shall we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get started. And one um, other disclaimer about today's episode is that we're going to be ironing out any technical issues. Like me, I don't have my proper microphone. And David is uh, on a shaky internet connection, so like his entire intro, I couldn't understand a lick. But I heard him laughing, so I'm sure it was great. I can only assume it was beautiful. It was magnificent. I actually just plugged in my Ethernet port, so we're going to see if that fixes this internet issue. Just have the direct line. Hopefully. There we go. A hot fix for a hot man. Mm Mm-hmm. Alright, um, so, our, our first order of business today is actually getting down to what our name will be for the podcast. We've workshopped some ideas amongst ourselves for about an entire half an hour and thought that maybe we had reached a decision, but there's still a couple decisions to be made. I've basically narrowed it down to two choices, and they are just slight differences. That um, Chris will represent one choice and David will represent the other, and we're going to play the shittiest version <laughs> of Jeopardy I could think of. Up to five questions. It's best out of five, folks. You know how it works. So you don't get to pick the questions at all. It's not even like Jeopardy. It's kind of more like bar trivia. Boy. Anyway. Anyway, I am hoping that you don't know the exact answers to any of these questions. Um, and actually, a much more apt comparison now a minute later after trying to describe this mainly is like the price is right, but it's actually like the age <laughs> is right. So, um, all right. <laughs> I, I'm going to base it off of proximity rather than um, proximity plus like going over, like, you can't go over and be instantly lost, like, in Price is Right, so don't, don't try to underball it. If Chris says, like, 1906, and then you say one, because you think it might be 1905, <laughs> that ain't lying. So, alright, um, our, our first question here, and I'm, I'm gonna, uh, oh, I'm gonna God. toss it to David, because he seems clear right now. And I just hope that I can understand his response. There was a time in history when the 
great state of Colorado was supposed to host the Olympic Games. What the heck? However, they declined. Um, can you tell me the year that they would have hosted the Olympic Games? What time? Give me your most... Why? Oh, Jesus, it sucks. You suck. You give it to me. I live in California. I don't know any... We, we don't know anything outside of... Oh. Uh, but you can take a nice guess. Screw you. All right, all right, all right. Let's see. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to say this is probably old. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So I was born in 95. I don't remember hearing about any of this. So you know what? I'm going to go 80s, 90s, 1980s. That sounds like it. Oh. Which no. one? No. <laughs> uh, you know what? 80. Just 80. Flat 80. I'm pretty sure it's close to that. Mm-hmm. 1980? Alright. Chris, you've had plenty of time to mull it over, to remember back for your uh, Colorado history classes. Um, which Olympic, which year of Olympic Games did Colorado pass up on? Yeah, it's bad. I don't actually know the answer. <laughs> so, um, I, I could have sworn it was more recent, though. So I'll just say, I'll just say 2000. <laughs> Alright, well, um, the Californian took the question this time. Um, the actual year would have been 1976. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so David was almost right there. Um, he was actually one Olympics off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well done. Um, the the Olympics that year ended up being in Austria, and uh, Colorado was actually the first um, nominated state to decline. So wow. yeah, who knew? Kind of interesting. You know, Colorado's not as boring as we all thought, um, or maybe they are because they declined Olympic Games. So that oh, would yeah. be cool. Most boring. All we have are mountain. <laughs> Which would have been great for the ski swallow. This is true. Alright, so, first point has gone to David. Alright, that is, uh, that's cool. Um, next, our next question oh, God. comes to us from the, uh, the, the sunny, sunny island of El Salvador. <laughs> uh, what the heck? Okay. Alright, alright. <laughs> um, so, alright. Um, the question here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it to Chris since he lost the last one, so he gets the first chance here. Um, so the question is, what year was it that El Salvador actually gained their independence from Spain? Um, but they didn't. They weren't like their own state yet because they actually became part of the first Mexican Empire in this year. Um, so can you tell me what year <laughs> El Salvador split from Spain? Well, I really wish I was good at dates. Uh, all right. So said there was Mexican Empire. All right. I'm gonna stay. Like really old, so. Remember all. 1880. All your times in uh. All right. Huh. 
1880. Uh, terrible idea. Sounds like a... I know, but, but, but you don't shoot like Total War. <laughs> I'd like to that be helpful. Oh, man, that'd be a great Total War Hispanic. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just have all the Incas in my... Oh, that'd be a great game. I'd probably never play it, but you know, sounds great. Anyway, my guess. I have no idea. I don't know why you even picked this topic. I see what you're doing. I see what you did. I see what you've done there, but... But, um... I'm gonna go with Chris and say it's really old. But you know what? It's gonna be really old. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. assuming it's right. gonna be. I'm gonna say like that. Tr- like... <laughs> yeah, go I'm gonna say 1800s flat. Oh, 1800s. Because. Huh? Alright. Uh, well, got bad news for one of you. Uh, <laughs> which is something that I always have. Um, unfortunately, David, um, you were much closer, (laughs) so, (laughs) the the actual year was 1821. (laughs) That's what's about right now. (laughs) Yeah, um, and it actually, the first Mexican empire didn't turn out to be such a uh, successful thing. Uh, it only lasted... Two years, Boy. and everybody went separate ways. All right, all right, all right. All right. So two points to David, and it is out of five. Oh boy. Um. So right, it, I can just—it's looking kind of <laughs> one-sided. No, 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 no. I'm just nope. letting him feel good about himself for right now. I can just fail now. I'm good. Like I can just let the next two rounds go. <laughs> just coast. Just the rest coast of the way. Right. You've been trying real hard. All right. Um, this one is about Napoleon. Oh, fucking man, I don't even um, shit. Napoleon Bonaparte was, of course, Bonaparte. a very famous dictator, famed military prowess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one point <laughs> in which, you know, he didn't really get what he wanted. And in this year, Napoleon died. Oh, Does anybody... I'm going to throw this to Chris, because he lost... For the second time in a row, um, and I'm gonna give Chris a <laughs> uh, a ten a ten year advantage oh, here. Man, so year if advantage. he were to lose by eight years to David, then he'll still win. Um, so, what year did Napoleon die? Um, when that I think it was 1820. 1820. Hmm. All right, David, what's your guess? Okay. I'm going to say... Oof. Uh, I'm going to say 1795. Let's say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Solid guess there. We're moving yourself by at least 10 years, huh? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, Chris actually hit the nail on the head, and I wanted to see what your guess would be, but uh, it was 1821, and Chris said, "Oh boy, I call hacks." Which uh, hacks. <laughs> that was that was the same year that El Salvador uh, got away from Spain. So dang, it's kind of funny. All right, um, so that is one point, to Chris, and David is going to be our first answerer on this next question. Um, the Magna Carta oh, was, a, <laughs> was, a, was a document that uh, kind of 
the United States drew a lot of cues from when drawing up the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, the Magna Carta was originally signed in which year? Oh, damn. Uh, let's just... Uh, 1600. I'm just going to go over that one. Let's go that. Oh, man, 1600. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it. 1600. All right. I felt like an even year would be good. <laughs> Alright, so he says 1600. David guesses 1600. What's your shot, Chris? Alright. I'm gonna say here. this is really old and I'm gonna go 1300. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, the advantage has been turned to the Rocky. Chris Nabs <laughs> the second point. Oh, man. The Magna Carta was signed in 1215, actually. So, yeah. Comeback is on. Alright. Alright. What a tiebreaker. So tie <laughs> with our tiebreaker, and it's going to be thrown to David. Because oh, no. he's lost two in a row. Please, no. Um, since we are even, I'm not going to give David a 10 um, advantage here. So. Um, but here we go. What year did Akira Toriyama start the Dragon Ball franchise? Oh my god, okay. Oh, you have such an oh. advantage, David. No, I don't. Because I didn't start reading the manga first. Okay. Oh. And so I'm talking so. about the very beginning of the media franchise when he started writing the manga. Alright, correction. You, are we talking about his original story arc of Dragon Ball here? Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's what I need to know. Dragon Ball Z was in the 90s. So I'm going with 80. It's in the 80s. Uh, I don't know. 1982? No, no, 3. I gotta say 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so you're going with 1983. I thought for sure you'd you just go what? for 1980 because you like doing <laughs> that nice flat 80s. Did I go with the odd today, you know? You, you have had two guesses, and the two guesses that you got right were flat 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I'll hand it over to my compadre here. Um, Chris, let's see. What, right. what do you got? What do you so got? I'm gonna say 1973. Damn, 1973. I mean, he All was right. writing well, at that time. Yeah, un un unfortunately, Chris, that would not not be it. But it was actually 1984. <laughs> oh so shit! Off by one year. <laughs> oh, thank the Lord. And. uh... So, our actual uh, <laughs> result is that David won three out of five. And uh, the decision here was whether we were going to go with the part of the name of our podcast being either remastered or reloaded. And uh, oh thanks to David, we snatched up reloaded. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, is that like part of the name, or are we just going straight reload? <laughs> well, the the full podcast title reload, is going to be Game Stories Reloaded. Game Stories Reboot Reloaded. All right, and then now what we do is as we get better, we'll, we'll go the we'll go the Japanese fighter game route. 
we'll call it Rev 1, Rev 2. <laughs> we'll, we'll be like Ignite Reburst. Oh, I can't wait. Reload is just level 1. It's our base level. And then we can do uh, Ultra. And we can do Super. Alright, so that, uh, that, that wraps up that uh, portion of the show, <laughs> which is uh, not going to happen every time, I don't think, unless uh, somebody wants us to do... <clears throat> Trivia every time. That wouldn't be great for a video game podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on to the actual meat of our podcast, what our actual purpose is. Uh, since this is our first podcast, we wanted to get a little bit of a buffer to get everything set up for what games we were going to play. We went ahead and uh, picked games that we were interested in or currently playing. And... Uh, We've picked out portions of the story that we would like to recap for the rest of us. Um, so, each of us have played our own games. We don't necessarily know the games that the other played. And so, uh, this is just going to give us some practice telling stories that neither of the other of us... Jeez, I'm great right now. I'm doing fine. Really saying what I mean... Um, As the fire in your soul, I get it. Good. Yeah, English was my major in college. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, all right. So, anybody want to go first? Ooh. You know what? <clears throat> I might as well um pick up the reins here, and uh, I want to jump right in because I've been meaning to talk about this for a while. Like, I got a fire-burning passion in my soul for this right now. <laughs> Alright. Right. For, for, for the viewers who don't, who don't know, I'm a very, um, I'm a big, like, fan of God of War. I've loved God of War mm -hmm. for quite some time. It was, like, one of the earliest games I'd pick up when I had my PS2. It was a great game, great series. Love what they've done with the franchise. Good stuff, good stuff. Um... One glaring fall, flaw in my claim to being a fan is I, I never really touched the PSP titles, honestly. I never had a PSP. <laughs> so, uh, when Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta came out, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, those games are good, you know? Like, I would look up walkthroughs and whatnot, but I never really got to play them until, uh, recently. I went through both games, actually, but, uh, today I'd, I'd like to talk about Ghost of Sparta. Um, in my little two-hour session, I, I played, uh, uh, this week, um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. let's uh, um, walk us through it, story master. All right, all right. So one uh, thing if you can, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. If you can, uh, maybe run us down through the general scenario and then introduce our main character and how he starts, and then run us through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, I would like to preface this before with a quick recap about what Kratos is. Granted, you know, I don't know who the audience is, so, you know, no, probably no one's ever played right. God of War. You, you know, I know it sounds baffled, but you never know. So, you know, I'll just do a quick recap of God of War, because, uh, God of War 1 was a game where you played this, uh, this man named Kratos, who, uh, who really had a vendetta against the gods, specifically Ares, God of War, because I guess he made him kill his family in the blood rage, you know? So, the entire <laughs> game is you just going around, killing things, trying to find a way to kill uh, Ares. You find a way to kill Ares. Uh, upon killing Ares, the gods are just like, hey, you're pretty cool. You killed uh, Ares. Uh, we'll, we'll make you the new god of war. And uh, it kind of just ends off with there. 
granted, um, at the time when I played it, I, I, I played in the, like, the most difficult difficulty along with getting through the challenges of gods would give you, which would give you extras. And upon giving you these extras, uh, you ended up finding out that, you know, hey, Kratos has a brother, and hey, Kratos' brother really hates you for some reason. But upon, <laughs> and upon playing, uh, uh, other games in the, in the, in the series, uh, it was, you learned really quickly that they, uh, they, they did the back down super hard on a lot of, uh, stuff they, uh, they had, they had showed on their bonuses and previews. And one of those was, uh, about Kratos' brother. Cause, uh, right off with, uh, Ghost of Sparta, it basically starts off where, uh, God of War 1 ended, where, uh, Kratos is the God of War. And basically, uh, you're just, uh, living the life of a god, of a God of War. And, to be fair, like, I mean, I played all the God of War games that I get, like, when you make a game for a portable system, you know, obviously, you know, you're not gonna get the, the exact same quality as a console port, you know? So, when you go to port, you, you lose a lot of things with, 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 with doing things on portable. But, um, granted, I will say that they did, the team did an amazing job keeping the, the, the actual game mechanics of the series in, but clearly it shows that they lost it in storytelling. Because when you start off the game, I was kind of lost for a good, like, 30 minutes. Because it just starts off with, like, Kratos having a vision. And you don't know it's Kratos till I guess, later. Because for, like, the first minute, I'm just like, why am I looking at this, like, post-traumatic scene of just, hey, there are kids fighting. Oh, there's a woman screaming. Oh, fire everywhere. And then next thing I know, Kratos wakes up and he's just like, what are these visions? And I'm just like, oh, okay, it's Kratos. All right, cool, cool, cool. And then Kratos is just like, I've got to find out what these visions are. Because the whole bit with, with Kratos' characters, he's haunted by these visions ever since he's killed his family. And these visions turn out to be something new, something different. He hasn't, he hasn't, I guess, noticed. He's never had this, this kind of PTSD before. So he's just freaking out. And he's just like, what is this? And he goes to Athena. And he's just like, yo, woman, what are these visions? And she's just basically like, Kratos, don't worry about it. Just, just live your life. And Chris, just, you know, Chris does the greatest thing, you know. Screw the gods, screw you. You don't tell me what to do. I know this person up in a, in this area, in the temple of uh, Poseidon, and uh, I hear that I can find the answers over there. So uh, the game starts off with you on a ship, you know, kind of just traditional God of War status. You know, you're on a ship. Your ship gets attacked by weird mer people, and uh, you know, Chris does uh, Kratos things, kills them, and uh, you know. He gets to, to this place where he's going to go, and, you know, at the cost of all his people, because, you know, he sent out this army of ships, and I guess they all just happened to get destroyed, and, you know, he got he got through, and he's okay. That's all that matters, you know? And upon getting to this place, he gets attacked by this weird, the only thing I could describe as, a, <laughs> like, this cheap Powerpuff Girls sea monster thing. Like, I legit, like, when this, there's this weird, like, fish monster that comes out, I looked at it. And I legit, I thought to, I was like, this is the monster from a Powerpuff Girls episode. I remember this. And it's just this weird sea crack, cracking thing. And he just starts screaming and you know, you fight and Chris does this thing where he, uh, he does, where he fights the monster, the, the first boss monster, you know, he, he gets it annoyed, he stabs it in the eye, you do a cool thing. And then he, and then the monster runs away. And it's just like, alright, alright, cool, Chris does his thing. Alright, cool, cool. Um, I go through, uh, <laughs> my level in this like temple that's like I guess made by Poseidon or whatever. Uh, upon realizing, uh, I I think like an hour in that uh, I I think I'm on Atlantis because then I find th this little note here where it's just like, 
oh, Poseidon made this city, this this holy city that people called Atlantis. And I'm just like, oh, cool, I'm on Atlantis. All right, that's great, that's great. Uh, but uh, it, what was really weird was uh, the text I read was like, I guess like these people of Atlantis are really peaceful people and like, you know, they really care about knowledge and stuff like that. And in my mind, I'm just kind of like, what's going on here then? Because like, I just got here and I'm being attacked constantly by these mer people. Are these the Atlanteans? Are these the peaceful Atlanteans? Like, what happened? What's going on? Like, I have no idea why the, the Atlantis is going running amok. But you know, I'm just trying to keep, I'm trying to find my answers here. I don't know what's going on. So I just keep going <laughs> upon finding the Temple of Thanatos, which I don't know why they they got. The, I guess they they have the gates of death of Thanatos in, in this in the in the, in Atlantis. I was really confused by that because I was like, okay, this was made by Poseidon, but I I guess you know you could have other like temples and shrines to other gods. You know that's that's cool. I get it, but uh, I don't know, man. Like I just got really confused. Um, I will say the best part. Of playing this session of, of this of this God of War, I will say that the, these people are great. I love them. Um, the when you first fight a Cyclops, when the Cyclops first shows up, there's a, there's a there's, it's always there's always a fun little moment when the when the Cyclops shows up and you're just like, all right, here's a big boy. Let me let me get rid of this big boy. But, but oh man, the way they introduce it, it's, it, it's simple but yet satisfying. Where he just kind of shows up. There's your two soldiers. The soldiers get wrecked. But what what made my day when he showed up was that last soldier gets flung, upon getting flung, straight up, freaking hear the the Wilhelm scream, just like, oh! and I just busted <laughs> up laughing for a good minute, like I did. The Wilhelm yes, scream in a God yes, of War game. Wilhelm scream in a God of War game. I couldn't believe it. Like I was just like, all right, all right, these guys are uh, all right. I see what you did there. All right, cool, 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 cool. I get through it. I go through the temple. You know, uh, simple God of War mechanic. Hey, there's a big door. You got to get through the big door. Let's find a way to get a big through a big door. I'm like, all right. I go through the level Atlantis. Um, end up finding the key to the, to this place. And upon finding the key, I fight the weird giant sea cr- uh, monster thing, which um I then find out it's Scylla because then it shows up the title saying it's Scylla, and I'm just like, oh, okay. And then it's got giant, t- like, tentacle tit things coming out of its stomach. <laughs> and I'm just like, alright, those are its arm things or whatever. Alright, cool. Alright, cool. <laughs> uh, I cut them off a couple of times. You know, it gets pissed. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, just a couple of times. Just a couple of times. Kratos does. He's just, uh, cut, cut, cut. Like, let me stab this. Let me take that from you. Um, and there's this cool sequence where, uh, upon beating it, it kind of, like, drags you underwater. Uh, and you end up, under a volcano or something like it's really confused like I'm trying to figure out the geography of this map where it's just like this is Atlantis but it's built right next to a volcano which I guess powers the city or something like that I was really confused about that but upon (laughs) going to this volcano thing I found you know you get your first like magic relic thing or your magic ability which turns out to be this giant it's just like the face of Poseidon and then it gives you unlimited power and it's great Cause you just you just do your magic and you're just like unlimited power. Chris just starts shooting lightning everywhere and he's just going crazy. It's great. It's, it's, it's a lot better considering in the past where like the first magic item you got was like Medusa's head and it was just kind of like I can turn people to stone. But you know lightning's dope. 
upon doing that, yeah, you, you used your new magic relic to basically kind of um, screw with uh, the inner workings of the volcano, because I guess the Atlanteans like, set up machinery inside the volcano to help harness its magma. <laughs> and upon doing that, um... I just turned magma, not magma. <laughs> but, you know, same thing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Gotta clean up some smegma in Atlanta. Magma here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. And then Scylla comes back. And, uh, I, I basically use the drill, like, because they use these drills to harness the, the smegma, as you, you said. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Uh, use the drill, basically kill Scylla, just, just uh, pop one in her head, you know? And, uh, I think upon doing that, like, the, it does the craziest thing where it's like, my session ended with killing Scylla and then just going back to the city with the key. But upon doing that, it was just, I did the trope where it's like, you know, Kratos, he's an asshole, he doesn't care. As long as he gets to point B, he's happy, doesn't matter what happens. And, uh, I, I think I inadvertently destroyed Atlantis, but, you know, I got the key... <laughs> But, I destroyed Atlantis, but, I don't know, Chris, just, uh, I don't know, you know, no char- you know, character distance, he's just, there's no reaction to it, he's just like, I did it. I got the key. <laughs> and there's like this brief scene where, uh, Athena shows up and she- Level one. <laughs> yeah, level one completely. Athena shows up and she's kinda like, hey, uh, Chris, could you not? Like, the gods are gonna be really angry. And then Chris just destroys her statue and just kinda just like, shut up bitch, I'll do what I want. And, yeah, that was my session. And I was just like, yeah. You know, I can totally see now why in the sequel in God of War 2 where, where Zeus decides to be like, you know, I'm going to kill you because I can't control you. Some, I can totally now see the justification of why. Just kill Kratos. Because in this, in this one, like, sequ- like I don't know, what, what in-between game, this, like, pre- was it, what are they called? Pre-sequels? It's just like, he destroyed Atlantis, and I'm pretty sure Poseidon's not going to be happy about that. I haven't spoken to, to Poseidon yet, but I'm pretty sure I'll see him later in this game. But I'm pretty sure he's yeah. just going to be like, what the fuck, man? But, uh... Yeah, this... I, I don't know. Would this be uh, called, like, an indirect sequel, or maybe a spin-off side story? But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's canon, so it's not, like, a spin-off. So... But it's it's not purely a prequel because it comes in the middle. It's it's kind of a it's a middle child. That's what it is. So it's unimportant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I will say, playing this, um, granted, it is a middle child, but it's still like a better middle child compared to other games in the series. <laughs> kind of like Ascension. I'm not gonna lie, Ascension was pretty shitty, and even though this was a PSP game, I had fun with it. I got to find a giant ass like sea tentacle titty Scylla. It was pretty dope. Gotta clean up some smegma. Mm-hmm. And I gotta clean up the smegma. It was good. Some good stuff. Yeah. And that was uh, that was just the first like couple hours, right? <laughs> yeah, it was the first two hours. <laughs> so there are plenty more things that uh, Kratos went ahead and served up to Zeus as possible reasons to uh, destroy him mm-hmm. in later entries. Yeah, I could see why, uh, you know, he has a problem with the bastard child. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to recap from that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. One quick thing. I totally forgot, because it was so minuscule, like, thrown in. Um, before, like, going into the volcano and doing all that, it just came to me right now. 
Um, you meet Kratos meets his mom. I totally forgot about that because it's like so nothing. Where he he walks into the temple of Poseidon, and I guess he finds his mom, and she's just like Kratos, and then Kratos is just like mommy, and I'm just like what? <laughs> and then I guess she tells him who who her um his father is. She whispers it like the Hail Hydra. You can't hear anything, but I guess up, upon whispering it. She becomes this weird monster thing, and then Kratos kills it, and then he's like, I killed my mom. Why? Why? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It was really off, because it just kind of came out of left field. But, you know... Uh, uh, <laughs> I guess. Well, this explains why he killed things in Atlantis. I guess! <laughs> they were secretly holding his mother, which, you know, no one knew about. Or cared about until now, I guess. And this was this was at what point? Was this before Scylla? Was this? Th- this was before like killing Scylla and going to the volcano. Because mm-hmm. like, I guess upon killing your mama, you go out and then you fight Scylla and then she drags you to the volcano. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. Maybe the uh, maybe the volcano and the magma are like a. Metaphorical womb. <laughs> Being born again. Explains the magma, maybe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's unrelated. Magma <laughs> is related to everything. Magma mm, is life. <laughs> By the way, David, was there not a sex scene within the You know what? There was not. Unless I missed it, I was surprised oh, too. I did not see a sex scene, and it's a PSP game. Yeah. It's weird. I played Chains. I I finished playing Chains of Olympus, and there was a sex scene in there. So mm-hmm. I'm. I know what you mean. I'm kind of just like I'm. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe once I leave the the smoldering city of Atlantis, maybe there'll be a sex scene. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I didn't happen to to come across any sexy ladies who were just like, "Hey, big boy." Wanna wanna have some good time? We got some red orbs for you. Some nice juicy red orbs for you. That'd have been nice. I really need to level up my weapons. And, you know, prostitution's a great <laughs> well, way. Yeah, maybe the schmegma is foreshadowing the sex scene. <laughs> so, mm, well, that or Scylla. either one <laughs> could be foreshadowing. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That was it was really weird because. Yeah. Just tentacles coming out of your tits is weird. Oh man, maybe Scylla was the sex scene. <laughs> maybe she was. Did you tap the right buttons? Did the camera face away from you? Did like maybe some faces? Maybe like Atlantean fishbowls that started shaking? Ooh, maybe. Who knows? I don't think so, but you, know, know. you know what? <laughs> I have to go back and, and look in the background. You know, It may be a PSP game, but you never know. Right, everything was too fuzzy. You couldn't really tell what was a fishbowl and what was a uh, tip. tentacle tip. Exactly. <laughs> Getting back to our storytelling. Um, Chris, would you like to go, or would you like me to go ahead and take my go at it? Give you a little extra time. Uh, I could go if you want. Alright, have at it. And then... Uh, David will be forced to listen to mine in podcast form. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So, 
for my game, I chose to play uh, For Honor, uh, which is Whoa. basically... <laughs> hmm? I'm sorry, Jake, what the fuck? He was clearly having a moment explaining his game, and you just start singing in the middle of his introduction. Uh, what the heck? I was telling them to take me away. I was ready. Exactly. Man, you, you don't diss on the song. <laughs> I'm not dissing on the song, I'm dissing on the intrusion. <laughs> Alright, so, anyways, uh, my game was uh, For Honor, which, for those of you who don't know, this is a game uh, that basically uh, puts knights, samurai, and vikings together in one close, uh, like, really uh, like claustrophobic space where they're always trying to kill each other. Um... And so, for what I did, I did the uh, knight campaign, uh, because knights are obviously better than samurai and vikings. Uh, and okay. the campaign opens up with uh, your character, uh, known as the Warden, uh, participating in a defense of a castle from another group of knights. And Sorry, I have a question. Yeah. Was he a gray warden? Oh, man, probably, but, I mean, he's, he's kind of gray, and he kills everything, so he might be a gray warden. His, his armor was silver-looking, so yeah, gray. Yeah, definitely gray warden. Um, and so the attacking force is known as the Black Iron Legion, and essentially their goal is to conquer the knights, like the... Uh, individual groups of knights and make them join their cause to essentially take out the other two major factions. And so our character, the Warden, he is trying to stop these guys. Uh, he's fighting with um, a lord called Dobony, who quickly shows that he's just a 100% a coward. <laughs> he just goes over, throws his guys onto the wall, and then when he sees one die, he just runs away. <laughs> Oh man, he's always away. Oh yeah. Um, and then essentially he runs over to your, the warden and he says, and he tells him to hold the walls at all costs. Which the warden then proceeds to slaughter every knight that comes up the ladders to try to take over the walls, Ooh. because the warden is a complete badass and can take on as many enemies as he wants. Nice. And so. Upon a successful defense of the wall, he has to run down to the gates, which the Lord is already defending, but failing to do so. And he has to just destroy all of the attackers, pretty much by himself, carrying his entire team. And after that, uh, the uh, there's a battering ram that comes up and knocks down the gate, and... Where it gets really interesting is when the enemy commander named Holding Cross comes into the castle through the broken gate and demands a trial by combat to spare the lives of all the defenders because they are clearly losing, except for the warden. And being the coward that he is, Dobbany refuses to fight the enemy commander and instead asks uh, the warden to take his place in the trial by combat. And to be fair, Holden Cross then asks his second to uh, fight in his place as well. 
And then a nice combat ensues where it's really intense. It's two knights just fighting to the death. And eventually, after some really fierce combat, the warden just basically annihilates the other uh, the other knight, just cutting his head off and being done with the whole affair. And being impressed by this, Holden Cross, uh, the enemy commander, decides to recruit the warden to his cause. And because the original leader that the warden was following is a complete coward and just doesn't do anything for himself, the warden accepts this offer and joins the Black Iron Legion. This then leads to the warden becoming the main go-to man of the Black Iron Legion, as he is sent as a one-man reinforcement to the uh, like another knight clan that uh, is under siege by the Vikings, which are the main enemy of the knights at this time. Uh, and the com- he meets the commander of this uh, little fort named Stone, and Stone is clearly very pissed about this. He expected a lot more than one guy. And the warden just apathetically says, I'm the only reinforcement you got. And Stone regrettably he's, hates his life at this point. And he just tells the warden to do what he can and just sends him out into the fray. And then following this, the warden cuts his way through an army of Vikings with very little support from his friends um, until he eventually reaches the enemy commander, which is a shield maiden of the Vikings. And surprisingly, Stone is actually fighting by his side and taking on the lesser troops while the warden faces off against the shield maiden, whom he eventually kills after getting his ass kicked a little bit. Um... And then, following this, the warden starts to ask a few questions about the ethics of the knights, as the, the, uh, there's some deserters from the Black Iron Legion um, that decide that they don't want to be a part of this group anymore, despite the Legion seeming to be the do preferable things for the knight faction, as in uh, taking over Viking lands and like, holding their own territory and just sustaining themselves. Uh, so the Warden investigates the deserters of the Black Iron Legion, and eventually he comes across them, and they don't even want to talk to him. They decide to initiate a combat, which the Warden holds his own fairly well, but it ends up being that there's just too many deserters, and the Warden gets backed into a corner. And this is when the uh, commander of the Black Iron Legion shows up, who is named Apollyon. And she's a complete badass. She just starts slaughtering the deserters like they're nothing. And she even takes a knife in the side, shrugs it off, and then just proceeds to slice off heads left and right like it's nothing. Damn. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, she basically helps up the warden and makes the rest of the deserters uh, hurt like a prisoner, essentially. Um, and then she decides to uh, put away her weapon and tells her other troops to put away their weapons, which gives a, a couple deserters the chance to try to attack her, which they attempt to do. They pull out knives and try to kill her, but it ends up being that 
she just knocks these guys over because she's complete badass and just shrugs it off and then has this is where we learn that she has a strange philosophy compared to the rest of the knights where she only accepts the strong and lets the weak die which is opposite of what the knight's oath should be where they protect the weak and the innocent uh, as opposed to the strong and so and we see this in action when uh, Apollyon orders the other uh, deserters that weren't involved in the attempted uh, attack on her to be executed. And she allows the deserters that have tried to attack her to live and rejoin her ranks. Um, and in the, in the next part, we see this uh, philosophy really put into really weird action when... Uh, Holden Cross takes over a fort of the Vikings, and uh, there's one prisoner amongst them that killed over 40 knights in the siege, and Apollyon tell, just allows this guy to live because he killed so many of her troops, which pisses off the other members of her faction, but they don't like attempt to counteract this because she know, they know that she has too much power amongst them. Um, so then we get back to the warden, uh, when they're taking over a final Viking, uh, outpost, and this outpost is the Viking trading hub in the world, and essentially what it is, is it's one city that unites the Vikings because it shares all their food stores. So Apollyon's plan is to take over this fort and burn all the food so that the Vikings will kill each other, and the strong amongst them will survive, whereas all the weak ones will die, which, again, shows her philosophy on the matter. Um, and so the warden, as he moves forward with the battering ram, starts to call into question his original oath before joining the Black Iron Legion of defending the innocent and like and not being... Uh, like a completely aggressive in killing all of the uh, like the weak, and so uh, as he breaks into the gate, uh, he starts to see all the horrors of what the knights are doing to this town, and all these innocent people and their homes are just dying. Their homes are being burned, uh, and a lot of it seems like pointless violence because they would the Vikings would be surrendering but the knights are killing them anyways. So the warden it feels... Uh, he still feels an oath to the Black Iron Legion because he promised his uh, his assistance to them, but mm. he, his original uh, oath of being a warden is uh, really, like, pulling at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the city, when he gets to the, like, the uh, town hall... Uh, he fights the uh, Viking warlord that is o- uh, overlooking the city. Um, and the warlord can be seen uh, just distraught over all the devastation of his city. And the warden uh, clearly is sharing, its, in some capacity, uh, his sorrow for his city. Uh, but nevertheless, he's still oath-bound to fight the Viking uh, and take over because 
he's with the Black Iron Legion. Uh, so the two then engage in a fight, and the Warden eventually wins after a really tough battle, because that Viking was, or that Viking chieftain was the best warrior that the Vikings have ever had. So the knight bests him, uh, and then he realizes upon looking at the city again that his original oath holds stronger than the oath that he has with the Black Iron Legion, so he decides to abandon the cause at that point. But either way, Apollyon's uh, master plan to get the Vikings at each other's throats has still been completed with the help of the Warden. So in the end, the Warden essentially helped in making his own downfall. Wow. And that is the night campaign for, for Honor. Oh, dang, that's a bittersweet ending there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor fella. And, you know, like like many of these games that we're talking about right now, <clears throat> that's not the end of the story. So if you wanted to see what happens to the Black Knight Legion, you gotta go play for Honor. If you want to see what happens to Kratos, you gotta play... The entire God of War series. <laughs> no, he's got to play Ghost of Sparta, relax. I mean, hey, if they want to, go ahead. I mean, they got that remastered edition on PS3, and now I'm pretty sure they have it on PS4 as well. Yeah, on PS Plus, we got uh, God of War 3 on uh, PS4 this month, too. So you can, uh, you can grab yeah. Ghost of Sparta on PS3, play through that, and then uh, <laughs> just jump ship, skip to... Go to three. You know, honestly, I might do that because I haven't played God of War three in a while, and I'm kind of curious how to how it looks on the PS4. Like I know I remember yeah. playing it on PS3; it looked amazing, but oof, I, just... I, I feel like it still looks good. Oh I yeah, mean, it still I, looks good. Yeah, there's no way it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so. uh... Yeah, I I wanted to uh when the new God of War was coming out, I didn't want to buy it for $60 cuz I'm a cheap ass. Hey. And uh I really okay. was hoping that PS Plus would uh gift us with free <laughs> then and <laughs> now that I bought God of War for 60 bucks like 2 months ago, now they're giving me God of War 3. So <sighs> I guess good things come to those who wait, and I did not for once in my life. I mean, you got a good thing regardless. I don't know why you acted like upon getting God of War (laughs) with a PS4. It was a travesty, and it was a terrible waste of your money. The game is great, regardless. The game is fantastic. You're like underselling it here, my friend. Yeah, yeah, the new God of War is great, and I'm looking forward to New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. I also did really enjoy the first uh, few sections of For Honor's campaign, but I got derailed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well, David, uh, sayonara for now, and we will we will see you in the next podcast, my friend. Alright, for sure. I mean, um, see you whenever we uh, get on Discord again. And this was great, <clears throat> though. This was great. This was yeah. a good test. Yeah? Good first podcast. Good run. So, what are we called again? <laughs> so we can say goodbye. <laughs> we are Game 
shit. <laughs> Game shits reloaded. Game stories reloaded. Game stories reloaded. Podcast. The game I played this week um, to try to bring something interesting to the table, um, I actually found a game called Stories Untold on Steam. Um, it is a PC exclusive as of now, as far as I know, um, and it's a it's a really interesting game. I got it for ten dollars. Um, it wasn't on sale, but I just wanted to grab it to walk through one of the stories here. Um, it's a collection of four different um, text-based games. Um, so it's it's kind of a callback to um, the games back in like the 80s where you had to um, play a text adventure RPG. You had to input commands um, just by typing in words that you know and that are supposed to work with the game and the way it works and there's usually uh, a set list of commands that will typically work and they'll exchange some nouns and things like that in the game and it's up to you to kind of understand <laughs> um, the best way to uh, type something in freehand to try to perform an action. Um, so this was my first time playing a game like that, um, and it was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, th there's four stories in the game, and I, each of them doesn't have a particularly long runtime. Um, I've only played two of the four, um, so I haven't even played all four, but <laughs> if I weren't, um, taking notes while I was playing... It would probably take about two hours to play all four through once. Um, that said, um, in some cases, there is a little bit of extra content that you can't miss out on, so it's certainly something you can go back to and replay. Um, it's also just a really good feel. They, they're really well done. Um, even though I've only played two out of the four, but I'm sure the other two follow just as well. Um, the one I'm going to walk us through is actually called The House Abandoned. And it's the first story that you probably would play if you had the game. Um, they lock the other stories and have a general order you're supposed to follow. Um, but they're not really interconnected. Um, I think it kind of ramps up in complexity a little bit, maybe. Um, but you can just go into the options and um, unlock them all without playing them in order. And you can play the fourth one if that's, if that's what you want to do. Um, but I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to go in perfect order. Uh, the way the developers apparently intended me to play, um, the House Abandoned had apparently been um, released elsewhere, kind of as a text-based adventure, um, but then they kind of souped it up and put it in this nice glossy package. Um, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, so, without any further ado, I will try to take us through this as best I can. Um, so what happens when we load the game up is we see this nice um, wood-paneled 
CRV TV kind of thing, just a box TV um, floating through the air. Um, we see a few other old pieces of uh, like video equipment, like a tape recorder, um, like a wired telephone, just like a desk lamp. Um, and we see this wallpaper in the background. It's kind of a typical 80s-esque lined wallpaper. We've got just shades of brown <laughs> because they were trying to make brown cool, I guess. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was... It really brought me back, and I wasn't even alive then. But it <laughs> it pulled me in. Uh, starts off with this great, like, um, just kind of ambient ambient music um got some like deep notes to it really really cool kind of got some of the old like video gamey um like ringtone buzzy 16-bit music mixed into like a more modern um very interesting and uh the way that the house abandoned really starts um we're in first person view sitting at a desk, and we're looking at that gorgeous uh, 80s brown wallpaper and a just amazing mahogany desk. You can almost smell it. And uh, we've got that TV that I mentioned earlier with the wood paneling on it, and it's kind of serving as a monitor for a computer. And I don't know if they had any computer monitors that looked like that, because I remember the computer monitor for the oldest computer we had that ran floppy disks was um, just an ugly piece of gray plastic with a darker gray screen. Um, it was just gray on gray, but I that was a product of the 90s. So maybe the 80s computer monitors, if anybody had one, was a little more like that. Um, then there's also this keyboard off to the side, and it has, like, a cassette player in the keyboard. Um, I don't know where, like, the tower to this computer was or anything else. Uh, maybe this is a realistic setup for the 80s, but it looks, it looks kind of, kind of like they're fusing modern and, uh, and, uh, 80s with the computer. Uh, it's got one of those classic alarm clocks with the red um, background and numbers, uh, like the black alarm clock with the big uh, black snooze button on top, and you've got the analog radio on the side, um, and it says uh, 22.00, I think, or 05, and there's a wired telephone on the wall, Looks nice and old, perfect 80s piece, desk lamp, a coffee mug, and a couple pictures of what looks to be happy children. Um, so you can assume that a happy family lives wherever this desk, wherever this colorful room is. <clears throat> so we're plopped into this room. And you've got a loud buzzing on and off. Um, from the computer monitor, and then it stops, and words appear on the screen. This 
just kind of a, a black background. You have some text scrolling down to explain the start of this game. So, for all intents and purposes, it looks like I am the person operating this keyboard and looking at this monitor. So, I'm playing the game inside the game. So, it's a real interesting setup. And <clears throat> it, it describes this house that I have just pulled up to in my car. It seems like some suburban neighborhood. Things just, just look really nice. Uh, it's a well-painted home. Shutters are great. Um, yard is nicely trimmed. The grass is green. Um, it's, it seems like it's in the evening. So... Um, Definitely kind of getting there later. Nobody seems to be home. Um, all of the lights are out. And it... I, I... It tells me that I had a memory that somebody had mentioned that before I got out of the car, I should open up the glove box. So I go ahead and I open up the glove box. And uh, <laughs> I have my first attempt to try to open up the glove box. Um, and... Do something like uh, get stuff out of the glove box or something like that. Like that's the command I put in word for word. It says that doesn't work. <laughs> so I I simplify as much as I can and end up typing open glove box and that works marvels. So I open up the glove box and it says um, you open up the glove box and find a key and a note inside. So I go ahead and take both of those things. And uh, I get out of the car. And that's pretty simple. I think I just typed get out of car. <laughs> and that worked. That was perfect. So I was finally already jiving with this game. And uh, I checked the yard. Um, I think I say check yard. <laughs> Nada doesn't work check apparently is not a command i say look at yard that works there we go um and there's not really anything it just kind of tells me yes it's a yard and the grass is green so it was already kind of telling me that before um i go ahead and go up to the door and it tells me that it's locked and i go all right Use key. Works perfectly. I hear a click of the doorknob, and it mentions, there's text on the screen that tells me that good memories come rushing back to me. Oh, isn't that nice? So I go ahead and enter a uh, command to say, open door. I open the door, <laughs> and then I stand there for a moment waiting for something to happen. Oh, yeah, I gotta say, go inside. So I type in go inside, and then I'm inside this house. So the house is dark inside. I can't really see anything. Um, but it tells me that there's a light switch on the wall. So I go ahead and say, use switch. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know use is a command. But apparently, switch was not part of the uh, terminology. Oh, I think I used flip switch. Yeah, flip definitely wasn't part of the terminology. What I ended up going with was turn on lights, which it accepted uh, gratefully. And 
I went ahead and flipped the light switch, and nothing happened. <laughs> so back to the drawing board. It was then that I remembered I had a note on me. So I went ahead and said, read note. And the game informed me that I was being an idiot, because it was dark in here. So I can't read shit. So I go ahead and tell myself to go back outside like a good boy. And so then I'm just standing in the middle of the yard, actually back by my car, because it doesn't have a between point between the car and inside. It's it's really just the two. So uh, I'm back by my car, apparently, and uh, I go ahead and read the note. And it's from my dad. It's from my dad, yo. So uh my dad's like, hey, uh, sorry we're not home. Um, if you need to, there's a generator out back if it's not on to go ahead and get the electricity in the house working. And, uh, I left a gift for you up in your room in the attic. And I was like, hot dog. I know exactly where to go to start up the lights and to actually get to my next step in this adventure. So I go ahead <laughs> and attempt to go start the generator. Unfortunately, um, the commands for this aren't what one would hope. I kept on trying to say, go to backyard, go in the back, go around back. <laughs> None of these things worked. And in fact, what I needed to do was say, go in yard. So, <laughs> what I thought would have been a command to sit down and pluck daisies in the front yard was actually a command to go around the back of the house. So, I finally got there after about ten tries. And I look around, and I see the generator. I just say, use generator. It informs me the generator's got good fuel status. It's ready to go, baby. So, I pop that boy on, and then I go back <laughs> around, which I don't know what command I used, but I got back. I go inside again, flip the switch, only I can't say flip switch, I say turn on lights. That works, and it tells me that I have three options. I can, I, I see a kitchen, I see a living room, and I see stairs going up. And it's at this point that I realize... There are so many options <laughs> to to the story, <laughs> and it will conclude within like ten more minutes of playtime. But um, rather than exploring, I say, you know what? I know my next step. I'm sure I'll come back to all this other stuff because there's no reason they would put that in there if it was unnecessary, right? So I just beeline for the objective. And say, use stairs or go upstairs. I think both of those work. And, uh, I get up to the top of the stairs. And we have another choice. Talks about there are family photos on the wall. Happy family, kids, wife and uh, husband. Just nice stuff. I think I look at the photos. And it's just like, oh yeah, this is so nice. Um, but there's also, uh, it informs me that my room is available to go into, my sister's room is available to go into, and the bathroom. <laughs> and again, I'm on the same line of thinking that my room comes first because I will have time to come back.
So I go into my room, and it, it describes the room to me. And it says, oh, yes, it's <laughs> it's a room with brown lined wallpaper, a phone on the wall, a, uh, a wooden PC monitor, and a keyboard, and pictures of kids, and a desk lamp, and a uh, an alarm clock with a red panel that displays the time and analog display on the side for choosing radio stations. Eerily familiar. Um, so I, I start to piece together that I might have been playing up until when I'm sitting at this computer, right? Natural conclusion. Um, and it, it tells me that I think, oh, there are so many good memories here. And so I go across the room to this, this gift on the table. And what the gift ends up being is it's a future row 128K plus 2. <laughs> Which I have no idea what that is in today's world. Except for the fact that it tells me that was actually a really nice computer. Um, so he's like, oh, cool. Um, and it tells me the computer has everything that I need, including an actual game in a cassette case. Damn, perfect, Dad. Thank you. And uh, since the only thing you need to do is hook it up. And so I put in plug-in computer, and the game takes it instantly. I think this was one of the few moments where, like, <laughs> I tried a command I wasn't familiar with yet, and it worked first time. And so uh, I plug it in, and then I say start computer. And uh, my my guy had said, oh yeah, this cassette I'm looking at is called the House Abandoned. So he pops the House Abandoned in. The game starts up, and then we see an image pop up on the screen, and it's a it's a black and white image of. A lonely suburban house. And in the foreground, we see the words, the house abandoned, and some other text about maybe who made it. Um, and the lights flicker. Thunder booms across the room, pounds my eardrums. The lights go out. And a few moments, a few flickers, the TV monitor comes back on. The alarm clock, all of its digits flash on zero, and we see the house abandoned title on the monitor again, and it flashes away to a black screen, and text scrolls down much like in the beginning, and I see a description that's eerily familiar to that one describing the nice suburban home with the green lawn. The nice suburban evening and the kind memories. Only this time, it recaps all of those things in a much more grim light. We kind of, uh, it tells us that the house is decrepit and run down and the shutters are falling off, the paint is peeling, the yard looks sickly, and I have chills just looking at the house. And so, not not a rookie this time. I decided to go straight for 
the uh, the glove box. So I open up the glove box and I grab the note and I grab the key. And I'm not going to wait to read the note this time because I know it'll tell me what I got to do. Otherwise, I'm an idiot. So I read the note in the car. And on the note, it just says in, in capital letters, get out. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out, get out, get out. And so, I close the note, and I get out of the car, and I get some more description. It's me looking at this yard, looking at this house, and the description tells me that this just, it hurts to be here. Everything about this place tells me that I don't want to be here, I shouldn't be here, and everything is wrong. I check the note again, and it just says something along the lines of, this is what you wanted. And I go, okay, that's not helpful. But I figure I probably have to do the same thing I did the last time. This is the same house, more or less, but it just, it looks different, but it's got the same structure. It's got the same yard. I've got the same procedure. So I go ahead, I go to the yard, because I can't say go to the backyard, so I say go to yard. And so I go around the back. I find the generator again, and I go ahead and interact with it, and I'm thinking, this time it's going to have no gas, and so I'm probably going to go on a fetch quest. No, it's actually pretty simple. It still works. So I go ahead and crank that bad boy up. And then I turn around, go to the front of the house, and I go to the door, and I unlock it. And as I'm unlocking it, this description just fills the screen talking about how much it aches hearing that lock click. How much negativity is just pouring out of this experience for me this time. Um, and I, I go through, even though my character, even though I clearly don't want to. And uh, inside, the house is dark again. But this time, there's an awful smell and just a lingering feeling of not wanting to be there. The note, it says is moist in my hand, almost as though it's emitting some sort of liquid, and I feel like it's important for me to look at that note. So I try, but again, it's too dark. <laughs> so I turn on the lights, and the lights flicker. All right. Um, oh. And something I forgot to mention is as as I opened the door and as I went into the house the second time, um, me as the player looking at this uh, room with the brown wallpaper and the lamp and the alarm clock, I actually hear something when this happens. I hear a door creak open and then just kind of meander shut. Um, so it's very, very interesting. It's almost as if when I told somebody to come in, when I told me to come in, so I thought, 
I actually heard somebody come in this time. Uh, so it's kind of getting meta. Um, when I, when my character, when I tell him to turn on the light switch, um, the alarm clock starts blaring and it tells me, it tells me on the script, it tells me that you hear a sound coming in from upstairs as if an alarm clock was there, as if there was someone in that room, as if everything was just wrong. And me as the player, I hear this alarm blaring, and it's the same alarm that I heard as a child, because I swear this is the exact same alarm clock I really had. And it just instead of numbers, instead of the zeros that it was flashing with before, it now says ST colon zero P stop. And so I am frantically looking at this computer screen, realizing that all of a sudden there's somebody in the house who hears me and knows where I am. And this alarm clock is flashing stop at me and in the text it says that you feel it's wrong and you need it to stop and so I put in stop alarm and it stops and the, the text on the screen starts talking about the same three options I had before when I came into the house and I turned on the light I see a kitchen and I see a living room and I see a set of steps going up. I decide this time <laughs> that maybe I should check things out. Uh, and I start regretting not having checked things out the last time. Because so far, things have been different. Things have been the same but different. They've been creepier. They've been just kind of uh, painful. So I wish I had a frame of reference. And for anybody... Who decides to actually get this game and play it after I'm talking about it hopefully they will actually explore more of the house before getting to this next section but anyway I head to the kitchen and the kitchen <laughs> is creepy it, it kind of reminds me of the kitchen from the Resident Evil 7 demo um, it just describes all of the sludge across the countertops there's an animal carcass on um, one of the tables in the kitchen, there is a door in the corner with a giant red X painted on it. And then on one of the walls is some sort of writing. Um, and it seems to be painted in some sort of red liquid that's still dripping. Um, so... I, I look at the carcass on the table, I say look at carcass, and it recognizes that, and it says, oh, you can't tell what kind of animal it is, but it's clearly um, been there a while, very disgusting, and then I say touch carcass, because I'm a maniac, and I, I wanted this character who's now kind of creeping me out, because it seems like he's really in the house with me, uh, I want him to just go ahead and touch this carcass. And the game replies by saying something along the lines of, he's not a maniac. He wouldn't touch that filth. <laughs> so, oh, my bad. <laughs> at least at least the game recognized it instead of just telling me that it didn't. Because that's what it was doing other times when I messed with it. Um, 
So then I, I look at something else in the room. I decide to look at the writing on the wall. So I look at it, and it says, the writing on the wall is in blood. And it's the number 1986. And thunder cracks again in the room that I see with the computer and the brown wallpaper. And I don't know why, except for ambiance. And it's not until a few moments later that I realize in that bare space of wall between the lamp and the telephone, now there's the number 1986 in blood. So not only is it in the kitchen, it's also up in my room. How lovely. So, I decided to move on. Um, I, I checked the door with the X on it, and it does not open. <laughs> and it says, you don't need to open this yet. I'm like, oh. So, uh, this is going to be where I hide. <laughs> it's going to be uh, where I get the shotgun. Um, so I kept that in mind, but then I, I moved on. I came back to the entrance and moved on to the living room. Went to explore that a little bit. Um, and I had almost... Uh, I had been checking the note in each room. Um, and the note in different rooms kind of seems like it's bleeding. Um, and it's, it's not changing too much at this point. Um, it is different in each room. But it still keeps saying something along the lines of, you wanted this. Um, and when I go to the living room, it's it's kind of bare, at least in this reality. I don't know how it was in the other way. But uh, it just says there's some ugly-looking furniture that's worn down, disgusting and smelly. Um, you couldn't see anybody spending time in here. Um, <laughs> I, I tell character to sit on the furniture and it says no fucking way it's disgusting so that's that's a bummer um i checked the note in the living room and it it tells me to go upstairs so it seems like i've really i've run out of options to do downstairs and i i go upstairs as i go upstairs i see this description on the monitor that says the stairs start to creak and I hear those stairs creaking and as they seem to get closer the phone on the wall blares and it's just this uh, intense ring the type that you would never want to hear late at night because it would wake you up um, with a terrible nightmare <laughs> um, and Words just scroll down the screen at a frantic pace, and they're describing how this person hears that sound. And again, they know somebody is in their room, and it is wrong. And the oh, the phone must stop. And so, me at the computer, I frantically search for a way to stop. But first, I want to investigate the phone. I don't want to just hang it up. So I pick up the phone. And I hear moaning. I just hear like a low guttural, like a zombie or a spirit just moaning over the phone line. And the computer tells me that it hears the same. It hears these horrible wailing noises and it needs them to stop. 
inside. And again, the test goes back to a little bit more normal. It's not so focused on my presence in my room, or so I'm led to believe. But it just kind of tells me again that I'm at this landing at the top of the stairs, and I can see my room, my sister's room, and the bathroom, as well as the pictures on the walls. I look at the pictures, and this time, the eyes on each person have been scratched out. Classic horror movie type stuff. <laughs> and the walls are just kind of decrepit and crumbling. And I decide, again, trying to be a little more exploratory this time, to go into my sister's room. And, uh, I find out that her name is Jennifer, and that it's actually boarded up. And I try about five different ways to try to enter that room, but, uh, nothing, nothing happened. I, I could not break in or anything else like that, so that is something that I would have had to do my first time through, I guess. I checked out the bathroom, and, uh... It has grime all across the walls and on all the appliances, and it describes there are lots of bugs crawling around. Um, and I try, I, I type in eat bugs, and the game doesn't recognize it, so unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to go for that. Um, so then, I move back out onto the landing, and I read the note again, and this time... It's telling me to go into my room. And so, I go ahead. I click the open door. And it describes me opening this door. And I see the, the images before me sitting in this room with the computer and the brown wallpaper. I just see... A door slowly opening and the light from it just kind of uh, reaching its way across the middle of the room. So you see kind of a sliver of red light expanding into a full rectangle for the frame of the door. So the door is beh directly behind me and now red light is shining in over me. And the door is just open. But I haven't told him to enter the room. And I don't want him to enter the room. But there's nowhere else to go. So I enter the room. And I read the note. And there's just all these things on the note. About how I'm so sorry to my family. To Jennifer, mom and dad. For everything that I've done. And I'm, it describes me looking at this other person sitting in the chair at the computer, watching the computer intently. And the text tells me that there's nothing left to do. There's only one thing to do now. I type in kill. <laughs> because... <laughs> I figure that's what I'm going for. If there's something to be sorry for and there's a person right in front of me, I'm probably killing them. And uh, the computer seems to take it, 
but it doesn't say anything like I'm like I'm killing him. So I don't think that was a valid command. But I also think the game at this point was just like, all right, there's nothing left to be done. This is on rails at this point. So it, it kind of moves forward and it starts calling me pathetic. And it, it tells me, you have to say it. Say it. Say it now. And it says, you got to say that it's all your fault. Say it's all my fault. And I say no several times because I don't want to be the villain here. Come on, guys. I picked the kill option, but I don't want to be the villain. And so I say no. And it says, say it. And I say, never. And it says, this is the end of the line, just say it. And I say, you say it. Kiss? <laughs> and it says, say it. There's no response to what I'm saying, but I had fun trying anyway. And so I finally give in. And I say, it's all my fault. I type that in, and I just see the words, or the word, finally. And the screen cuts to black, and credits roll. And that was the first story in uh, Stories Untold, and I thought it was really cool and a lot of fun to um, play that um, just that text-based adventure. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. And I liked the way um, they kind of looped in that scenery that they set up, even though I was just typing on a computer, um, that kind of tied into the overall story. And uh, some of those sound effects and things like that were really uh, helped draw me in. And, of course, in the middle of me playing that, when it first started getting creepy, that first lightning strike, my girlfriend walked in the room, and I had to talk to her for, like, five minutes. So it kind of destroyed mm, the sense of creepiness and urgency for me a little bit, which led to me trying to eat bugs and poke the carcass. But uh, it was a really interesting experience. And the second, the second story um, actually melded in a little bit more traditional gameplay. It was a little more puzzle-based gameplay. And then you also had text adventure stuff too so um i'm curious to see what the other two are going to kind of incorporate and where they go um they're different environments each time i thought they were all going to be in that brown room <laughs> but i was wrong because uh each of them has the same like intro that shows the brown room and objects kind of floating around but um it's each one is a different environment so um yeah Definitely encourage people checking out Stories Untold. Um, it's ten dollars uh, regular retail price on Steam right now, and I'm sure if you ever got it on a sale, it would be like nothing. I guess our plan from this point forward is really to dig into Red Dead Redemption, which is the game before the new game. <laughs> um, I would say it is. Um, the first, and Red Dead Redemption is the sequel, but that's not entirely true, because Red Dead Revolver actually preceded it. So, uh, Red Dead Redemption, while, um, really kind of considered the mainline 
entry in the series at this point, with Redemption 2 being a proper sequel. Um, I don't know how to, how to place it, but, <laughs> uh, we're digging into that one. Uh, we're, we're skipping over Red Dead Revolver, um, mostly because it doesn't have the name Redemption in it. Um, which, <laughs> Redemption is apparently its own series because it has a two, even though it's the third game in Red Dead universe. Um, so we're going to go into that, and we're going to try actually splitting up parts of it and helping each other through it. There might be a little bit more of interplay between me and David and Chris. Um, maybe one of us is telling a piece of the story, and one of us might uh, help him out a little bit. Vice versa. Uh, might be helping out a little bit, and then the other person tells the story. <laughs> no, vice versa is inapplicable, so don't know why I said it. <laughs> Sounded right at the time. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we might be functioning on a level of listener suggestion going into the future, um, but as of now, our focus is probably going to be um, <clears throat> games that we would find fun to do, um, as well as games with upcoming sequels or related material coming out, um, just to try to be functional as well as entertaining, try to catch people up so they feel a little less left behind in the storylines that they're getting themselves into. Yeah, uh, if, if anybody listening um, liked what they were hearing, want to hear more, are super interested in hearing about Red Dead Redemption, we're going to have a few ways in which you can tell us that. Um, I'm going to be setting up an email for us now that we actually have a name, <laughs> um, as well as we will probably try to step up our social media presence a little bit in some way, shape, or form. Um, and if you know us personally, definitely uh, let us know that you liked what you were hearing and you liked the ideas that we're going with. And if you're really interested in knowing about some upcoming stuff, let us know. And uh, any any pats on the back, uh, any thumbs up we can get are going to make us really uh, us really appreciate, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. They're going to make us feel a lot better. <laughs> They're gonna we get a warm, feel, fuzzy feeling. Oh, yeah, so many fuzzies. It's going to be like drinking a hot cup of hot cocoa because it has to be hot. Otherwise, it's not hot cocoa. Um yeah, so just let us know, and we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, any any last words, Chris? Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you're awesome. All right. Got it. <laughs> Ciao.